0: Greetings and welcome to Modern Work. James Wills here with the inaugural season of a podcast in search of the secrets of the people who have the perfect gig. Those that are singing their own song, doing good work, and knowing it's really right for them. What do they know that the rest of us are missing? Or is there no secret at all? We podcast twice a month and hope to count on you as a listener. See the schedule at radio.webdockey.com. The new Summit Academy, since 2005, has been creating an innovative, integrated, dynamic growth environment for teen boys. Dr. Heather Tracy is the director, and I speak with her at the school's office in Costa Rica.
1: Yet, I've always been fascinated with education, and ever since I was little, you know, people, I wanted to be a doctor, actually, for years, I even studied pre-med for a couple of years. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: but people yes, yeah, but people used to tell me all the time you'd be such a great teacher you you know you explain things you get excited about figuring out how things work and helping other people understand things and so it wasn't until almost the end of college that I figured out oh I guess they were alright I actually do enjoy this and it does energize me and, um, and I how, like learning and how I'm, did you I'm discover a, that? curious Um, honestly, this may not not be what most uh, career advisors want to hear, but I discovered it on accident. I mean, I was studying biology. I was a biology major, I was hoping to go to med school, and my university um, had given me a full-ride scholarship, and within that four-year scholarship, I had the option to study abroad for a
0: year. Oh, I see.
1: And... Yeah, so I had two years of biology under my belt and junior year came up and I had the opportunity to study abroad in France and I just couldn't imagine not taking that opportunity. Of I really course. couldn't imagine how else I was gonna get to live in Europe for free. Why?
0: Here. No, great.
1: Um, yeah, so it was almost like I discovered it just by being open, by not closing off doors based uh-huh. on what I thought my path was going to be. But just being open to another path, so I did study in France for a year and have a degree in French that I haven't used and probably never will use, no, but c'est bien. I enjoyed it anyway It taught me a lot of other things. Um, and so when I came back, I was sort of left with the logistical problem of, well, how do I graduate in four years now? I can't finish my biology degree, biology degree because I missed a year of labs and and all that. And so. Just by chance, I had already taken enough psychology courses, because I was interested in it, um, to be able to finish a, a psychology degree in four years as well, so I, that's what I did. Uh-huh. And um, again, being the poor planner and not staying on my path, I decided I needed to go to grad school, because what are you going to do with a psychology and French degree? Not much. <laughs> <Hi>. um, <laughs> so. Yeah, so I just looked at different graduate school programs that um, sounded interesting to me and, you know, picked one that that was a master's in education with the human development and psychology focus um, in adolescents at risk.
0: Uh And
1: honestly, it was just, by by looking at all the different options out there and saying that sounds interesting to me, that sounds like what I want to learn more about, Uh and um, through that experience I, I was an assistant teacher. I was work doing participant observation research in the Boston Public School system. So I you know got to experience education public education firsthand and and realized, yeah, I am good at this. Um, so I I was able to sort of follow that study path of studying psychology and non-traditional learners and neuroscience, which you know, my biology background certainly helped, help with,
0: uh-huh. but
1: then also put it into practice, put it into practice in an educational setting, which is where I felt, you know, it felt right to me. It felt,
0: um... Well, that's wonderful. Like that's really pure motivation. I mean, it's, you know, the wanting to help others. It's one of the basic things that drives us. So it's very
1: good. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. Yeah, that's very sweet. Um, and, you know, and, I, in, and in my head, it's not enough. You know, we help 35, maybe 40 students a year and their families. But to me, you know, the things that we do here, you know, every school should have, you know, focus on.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. So there's that you know, aspect. Are you reaching out in that regard? Yeah,
1: but... I'm hoping to, Um, you know, we're certainly looking at ways that we can, we've been doing more presentations at conferences and, you know, we'd like to write some more and do some more um, publishing. It's just difficult when you're in the day-to-day here and you have, you know,
0: immediate concerns,
1: yeah. Yeah, immediate concerns and just not wanting to miss out on that face time with them um, to stay in your office on a computer. So it's, it's hard to make that space, but we're trying to be more intentional with how we do that. And and because it, you know, we do know a lot of things and we've learned a lot of lessons that would be beneficial to all kinds of schools and all kinds of parents and families and, and teenagers. So mm-hmm. if we can figure out a way to make more space and make more time to do that kind of stuff, we will. Well, and I think we all want to. I mean, the, the beauty of having our own school is that. You know, really the creativity is is open to us. I mean, we really do get to do what we believe in every day.
0: Now you when founded we learn the school, something new
1: or when we you Yeah, found... there are four of us that founded the school. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Four of us founded the school and I focused more on the education you know, putting the academic program together. Um, and then my three partners also had their own specialties Mario with the therapeutic aspects of the program, Andy with the cultural immersion, community service, student life, financial education aspects of the program, and then James with more of the, I and mean, he was also in education, teaching math and sciences, um, and also more of the operational aspects of, of getting the school running. So, right, right. Yeah, we've had a pretty diverse team effort.
0: This episode of Modern Work is brought to you by My Right Career. That's Don Lundgren's system. It is deceptively simple wisdom approached from a pragmatic point of view. Follow the link on our companion website.
1: Since we're a year-round school, we typically do four to five weeks of classes, and then we take a week off and do a one-week adventure trip. Uh-huh. And half of those trips are very nature um nature based so we'll go to different national parks in Costa Rica and do hiking and camping and rafting and um you know things kayaking and things like that and the other half of those trips are more sort of based on cultural immersion and
0: oh, um, very good.
1: And we have tourism. So then we'll go to, you know, we'll go to Granada, Nicaragua, Peru, or Belize, or we've been to the Galapagos Islands, and Cuba, and just lots of different places where we look more at, yeah, we look more at culture and people rather than nature and
0: ourselves. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: And by the time... It is, and it's powerful. Just like you said, it's it's, it's impossible for it not to be transformative in some way, in some way. Right. We're not going to guarantee an
0: outcome, but we can guarantee there will be one. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: So as far as the, um, as working goes, I, this is a stupid question, but I guess it doesn't really feel like a job for you. I mean, you know, where you get up in the morning and. Go to your work and you know have your lunch pail and or you know what I mean, that kind of a job. No, um, this is more of a calling.
1: No, it is definitely a calling, and I think of it more um, as a as a child, <laughs> like as a baby, because I'm sure, and I don't have kids, so I'm just trying to relate here. But you know, I'm sure as a parent. They often think, I'm sure parenting sometimes does feel like a job. Um, I'm sure sometimes it is tiring and exhausting and, um, you know, you, you don't feel you have enough time for yourself or wonder how you got yourself into this. But there's no greater joy that you feel and you don't regret a minute of it because that hard work and the sweat and the tears and the, and the efforts and, and that you've put into it um are worth it hundred percent and so
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I think I think that's a a decent analogy to think about you know this isn't a cakewalk there are certainly aspects of my job that are hard and painful and of challenging course, yeah. and draining um, but I you know I cannot imagine doing anything else and even if someone were to come, try to offer me four times the money and you know whatever they wanted to offer me it would be I can't imagine I can't even imagine not doing what I'm doing right now in some form you know in some way shape or form because it is it is what motivates me I don't have to find motivation it's here
0: that's a wonderful story you're well you're a rare person in that regard uh, many people wander yeah. aimlessly in their entire existence. Um, other people never can seem to get anything in gear. So uh, I'm glad to hear your story. Um, it's well, very inspiring. Um,
1: thank you. I I see it. I see it happen a lot too. And I think that we're we're kind of led to believe that money and security and predictability is happiness or that that's what we're supposed to be achieving and i think once people get to that point where they have you know a good income stability in their job some predictability and routine from day to day there may be a sense of security in that but there's also a sense of restlessness and if it's not what you know you're supposed to be doing like internally if it's not something that's Right. rewarding in itself regardless right. of how much you're paid or regardless how good your schedule is or how you know um, short your commute is if it's not something that you enjoy doing those eight hours a day it doesn't matter what they pay you it's just not it's not fulfilling
0: right right no I was doing some ad copy recently and Willie Loman came to mind and you know death of a salesman you know and how that was mm-hmm. analogous to people who working in a cubicle all day doing tasks that at mm-hmm. the end of the day are, at best, meaningless. You know, <laughs> they may not even be used. I don't want right. like to make light of it, but um, I, I, I've never been that way, so it, it's easier for me to t- say that. You know, I've never had the security of that type of yeah. employment. But now this kind of leads to the next and, question. And,
1: and that's not... Go ahead. Okay.
0: And I, well, I do just want to say that
1: like, I'm not demeaning cubicles at all because
0: oh, there no. are
1: many people who who... Who finds that kind of work or who finds crunching numbers or like that is rewarding and that is meaningful and that does take advantage of your talents. And we need all kinds of people to make this world go round. So, yeah, I don't mean to, to demean. No,
0: I understand that. And, you know, and I, your... I don't either. Yeah. either. Thanks for listening. James Wills again, signing off on this edition of Modern Work, a podcast series devoted to the proposition that if you have the right job, it won't feel like work. By the way, subscribe to our podcast or visit us on our companion site at radio.webdoci.com.